Hello, everyone. It's me, Allison. The show is about to start, but just real fast, a quick reminder. I want to tell you guys, um, if you are doing some shopping, perhaps some Black Friday shopping, holiday shopping, etc. Like Christmas type uh, shopping? Christmas type, any sort of shopping at all. I have put together some lists on Amazon. Lists with things stuff. on them? Daniel, just... <laughs> Pipe down for one second. (laughs) Beauty stuff, makeup stuff, home stuff, kids stuff, podcast equipment, books I recommend, all of this stuff. And Daniel's stuff? Oh, yeah. Daniel's Corner, where I put stuff that I know that he likes. But Daniel has recently gotten way more involved. And he put together a special Christmas spectacular gift guide for you. You guys will not even believe it. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what's on there, but it's literally uh, some things. Lots of things. And well, a whole big stuff. caption explaining if his you process. you know someone who's exactly like me, they are going to love it. And here's where you go to see all of this. Amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. Amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. And we'll be adding to it. It's nonstop, you guys. Yeah. Okay, here's the show. Bye. You guys, I lied. I said the show was starting right now, but I have one more quick announcement. I'm co-hosting a new podcast. It's brand new. It's called Upworthy Weekly. I'm co-hosting it with a guy named Todd Perry, who I'm having so much fun with, although he is wrong about so many things, especially Christmas music, but also other stuff. But anyway, uh, Upworthy Weekly, we come out on Saturdays. Please give it a listen. Subscribe. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a comment, a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps out the show so much, especially because we are brand new. As I've said, between one and four times right now, I've lost track. But anyway, please give it a listen. Uh, It's a lighthearted news podcast. We're taking a look at the most popular and engaging stories from the week before that ran on Upworthy. And it's, uh, it's just what your holidays need. And then when the holiday, when we're past the holidays, it's just what that part of the year needs. It's just exactly what you need. Please listen to it. Upworthy Weekly, new episodes every Saturday, wherever you get your podcasts. Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, do Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I cannot wait to bring in my guest in a moment. She was just doing some amazing dancing at the top. So naturally, I think we're going to have to include that in the video, which you can find at youtube.com slash Allison Rosen. But first, I must chat with my producer, self-professed bad boy of podcasting, Tony Thaxton. Hello. Hi, Allison. How's it going? It's going all right. I uh, I just got boosted yesterday. Oh, congrats! Finally did that, and uh, was waiting on the uh, the aftermath that seems to punish everyone, and never got it. You got it. You got the shot yesterday. Yeah. So for my second dose, I thought, I think maybe because no, it, I was going to say it was because of something that the that our guest today, who's still a secret, uh, told me, but no, it wasn't. I thought that it was going to hit me the following day. So I rescheduled an interview, I think, with the guest 
uh, that you guys are going to meet shortly. What is this charade where I'm acting like someone has stumbled upon this episode and hasn't read the show title? Why do I do this? I don't know. But anyway, I thought it was going to hit me the next day, but it didn't hit me till 48 hours later. Really? So for my that long? For my second. And then it lasted kind of oh, on and wow. off for a week. But then my third or my booster, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just waiting for it to hit me and knock me out. And then I had no reaction. So yeah. I fared well. I've like every time I've gotten one, I planned like it was like made sure I picked a time that that didn't have things that would uh, interfere with just in case. And, you know, my arm is a little sore, Mm -hmm. but that's that's it. Yeah, that's all that happened with any of them. Um, Maybe got like a little achy and tired after the second one, but that was it. Like I expected so much worse. And apparently everybody in my family that got vaccinated. um I had the same luck. There's uh, apparently us, uh, the Thaxtons can handle some vaccines, apparently. That's what they say about the Thaxtons. They yeah. can handle some vaccines, apparently. <laughs> so memo to the unvaxxed Thaxts out there. <laughs> you can handle the vaccines. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I didn't. If there are any, I don't. I don't know. Um, <laughs> have you found your drumming skills to have gotten? Not that you had room for improvement, but I mean, have you become a better drummer? Do you feel like your bad boy of podcasting bad boyness is off the charts now or anything? Well, I would assume that's pretty evident right now by what's <laughs> happening. But uh, I'm I frightened. Mean, it doesn't get any more bad. No, none um, more bad. I've been enjoying your drumming videos on Instagram. Oh, thanks. I think there's, yeah, like two, but they were, uh, yeah, I really, truly was struggling to, uh, there's a song that uh, hadn't played in years and realized I'm going to have to play it on the tour. And I was like, oh, yeah, this drum intro is very hard. The thing that I wrote for myself to have to do. Was it hard for uh, you at the time when you wrote it? Yeah, it's tricky. And it's something I think that to anyone that doesn't play drums probably doesn't seem like it would be hard, but it's really, it's all, it's, it's. Not that I need to explain it. It's a, the, it's just this it, is the, a the pattern this is, that involves the feet. Uh, it makes it very tricky. This is the number one drumming podcast, so people will be tuning in to hear about <laughs> your footwork. Yeah, that's really the explanation. Is that yeah? It's just the the the, the way your feet have to move forward is very tricky, and uh, yeah, it's always been hard for me. Uh, but you know, it got to where playing it regularly didn't you know didn't think twice about it but right. when it's been several years uh suddenly it's hard again but i felt good again already so yeah i was worried this might take a while and then like my second time after a day of rest they went back in i was like okay i'm good i'm good it's like riding a bike except have i told you about how i did, hadn't ridden a bike for years and years and then i got back on a bike and i was like i thought the whole it's like riding a bike means i should be able to pick this up quickly because i can barely ride this thing really <laughs> that's what happened to me yeah and i, I like I've i could heard of that. my i could balance on it because my when, when i brought this up to my friend he's like i think that's just referring to the balance but i couldn't turn and it raised the question did i ever know how to turn on a bike you couldn't turn i couldn't turn i found it very <laughs> difficult to turn look i'm no, i'm no one's gift to a bike enough of that though <laughs> Because we have one of my favorite people waiting to join the conversation. This is someone you know and love. She's been on the show many times. She is a TV personality. She's a science correspondent. She's a writer. She's an artist. She is the host of the super popular science podcast, Ologies. She's the science fr- 
friend on Netflix's brainchild. You can see her regularly on in a, maybe every week on Innovation Nation with Mo Rocca. She's currently consulting on Ada Twist Scientist and a ton more projects, which you can see on the super stylish kitchen chalkboard wall. It might be chalkboard paint behind her. Please put your hands together for Allie Ward. Hello. It's so nice to talk to you and see you. Oh, what a treat this is. It's been too long. It's been way too long. It's been too damn long. I know. Well, full disclosure, we saw you in person. Both Tony and I did at Jackie Johnson's birthday party recently. And that was, it filled my heart, but it's been way too long since we've had you on the show. I know. I wish that you would have reached out to me or invited me or told me that you were interested in having me back on. You're joking, right? Yeah, I am. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, did my 45 texts not come through? But I know every time I'm like, I'm like, fuck, I'm in Cincinnati right now. Ah, shit, I'm on a plane to Nova Scotia. Or like, you know, I haven't slept in three days. No, I've been, I have been unreachable to myself in the last like six months. This is I the fact that I came a little bit out of my shell, which was also I went to Jackie Michelle Johnson's birthday. Mm. Or Jackie Michelle Sheen Sheehan now. Um we went, we saw each other at her birthday and I was very proud of myself for attending a social event, outdoor gathering, a lot of vaccinated people. And um and yeah, I was I got to see you there. So I'm like just starting to find some kind of equilibrium. But since like maybe April It's a tornado. It's been a blur. It was so nice because you said to me that you're starting to like emerge from the craziness of all of this. And you said that you would be available to come back. I didn't even have to bug you. You said it's like it's like you had a memory of my 45 texts and you said you'd be available to come back. (laughs) And so then I hit you up very quickly and you said, let's do it. And I was like, oh, good. Because sometimes it happens that someone's like, yeah, I'd be interested. And then it's another six months or something. But you put your money where your mouth was. Ugh. And here you are. We have a lot. I, you. I know. I miss you, too. We have so much to talk about. Since we last <laughs> talked, you've gotten married. We need to talk True. about the hairdo that I can't get enough of. We started to talk about it before the show. And you said, should we wait? And I was like, of course we should. And I had to tell you, I literally thought of you last night. Because you were my inspiration for buying my cordless vacuum. And I uh, was looking for something in the refrigerator. And I was like, it's very messy in here. Mm-hmm. And I remembered you talking about vacuum at your refrigerator. And then you described it. And for some, this is what stuck with me. You said it's a dust buster with attitude. <laughs> it really is. It's like, I think all of us loved what the dust buster was promising. Promised, yeah. But no one wasn't disappointed by the dust buster. They, I mean, come on. They died. You quickly. really had to scoop crumbs into it and then the the battery lasted like 45 seconds. And so you're like, well, you'd barely get it off of the charger and it would be dead. Yeah. And so I do feel like you put out a call for advice. You're like, anyone do I buy a Dyson? They're right. like $380 with a coupon at best at um Bed Bath and Beyond, which by the way, Bed Bath Beyond coupons. Do not sleep on those. Yeah. Those will save you money. I know. That was a thank you for that hot tip. Ugh. I I have like a bag of them that I keep in the car. Cause you never know when you're no. gonna be like, look at this. I got some time to kill near the galleria. Right. And like, you know what coupon I never I, I don't it's funny, we were just having a conversation inside about coupons and using them and whatnot. Um, the CVS extra bucks. I, I never put those that. somewhere and I 
100% of the time don't have them on me when I'm at CVS buying something. Oh, I don't even look at them. I just register, no pun intended, at the register how <laughs> long a scroll it is. And mm-hmm. I think this has already penetrated pop culture. We all know. We've right. seen the memes. We have. About CVS receipts. And they continue to happen. And you know what, though? I My CVS card is still, for some reason, linked to an ex-boyfriend's phone number. Oh, wow. Who I have not seen in forever. Bless his heart. But I'm always like, I wonder if I look at the coupons, if it'll clue me into what he's buying. And I'm like, I don't want to know. It's none of my business. You know what I mean? That's so good of you. What if it's like there's more there's more coupons it- for Rogaine? And I'm like, that's yeah. not – it's none of my – and then I'm like, I hope he doesn't see any coupons for like, you know. 10,000 condoms? Oh, so many condoms. I mean, I wear them on my whole body most of the time. I just took them off right before we got in here, but I'm still a little sticky. But he might see that and I don't know. Right, so, right. Yeah, but I get it. Um, But the Bed Bath & Beyond coupons, if you use them in the store, they never expire. If you try to use it online, they'll be like, it's expired. And you're like, joke's on you, bitch. I'm going to take this in person. I give them out to people who are buying stuff in line behind me. I'm like, Look hey, you. You, got, you need coupons? Most expensive thing, 20% off. You're like the Robin Hood of coupons. Do you think that Bed Bath & Beyond has a photo of you that they throw darts at? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of times. I mean, I go in there wearing a mustache every time. Even though I have a mask on, I'm Mm -hmm. wearing a full mustache because I'm 86 from all of them. In front of of the mask? That's a good idea. Yeah, I put it on top of the mask. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's just talk about – okay, this is not a shopping podcast, but – you know how the the um the rap on Nordstrom, yeah. the Nordstrom Nordstrom's Nordstrom apostrophe s, I think it's just Nordstrom, is that you can return anything there. You can even return yeah. stuff you haven't bought there. There they say not anymore. Yeah. They are very strict now. If they can't find a record of it being bought there, if they can't find it in their system, uh, you can't return it. Okay, which is fine. So that's can't, fair. Like, that's fair. Because I can imagine rolling up with like a faded Walmart camp chair and just being like, <laughs> bought this, not working like intended. Right. And like, ma'am, this is an inflatable raft, <laughs> you know, or whatever. But yeah, Nordstrom was always the gold standard for customer service. Yeah. I remember my mom, my, we had an experience once where my sister had like a swim day at Raging Waters for like eighth grade graduation, which is every adolescent girl's nightmare on every front possible. Yeah. And I remember my sister was so stressed about it, was looking for a bathing suit. They didn't have her size. And there was a Nordstrom employee. This was like in the early 90s. It's 20 years ago. And I still remember. Um, Like went and got one and drove it to her house. And my mom was like, wow, it's like another world. It's like Nordstrom <laughs> is like this shopping utopia, like a socialist society that all of us are like, how do they give out healthcare and pensions and right. they have good roads or something? And so I don't know. But yeah, not, I, maybe now they're like, no, we're on to you. No. Nowadays, they would not go to their own personal collection of swimsuits and drive you one to your house. No, I don't think so. Um, it's been a while. Which is fine. Again, I just feel like they need to change their messaging. And maybe it's not even their messaging. It's our messaging. But again, not this enough, enough of this because yes. you guys, just you wait when it comes to me talking about products and stores. This episode is going to be full of that. Allie Ward. <laughs> Get to the important stuff, your hair. Now, it is, this is a real gal chat moment, Tone Zone. Um, It's so smooth and perfect. And I know that you naturally have very big, textured, wonderful, 
hair that has a mind of its own. So when we first, when I first saw you, yeah, you look so 60s mod right now. I love it. When I first saw you, I wondered, had you just gotten a blowout? And you said, let me, just fill me in, please. Oh, what a question. Okay. Thank you. I want to take a moment to acknowledge that compliment mm. and sit with it because I'll be honest, my hair looks really good right now. Really and good. it normally doesn't. And it's intentional because I was excited to see you. Oh. I washed my hair today, you guys. Got in the shower. I used soap on it and everything. But, um, you know, a few years ago, because it was a tax deduction, I bought a Dyson. Uh, I also bought a Dyson um, blow dryer. Okay. With a coupon at Bed <laughs> Bath & Beyond because it's like a $500. It's very dryer. expensive and like, dryer. And I was like, I have to – my hair is like llama fur and I have to be on camera for work. This is a tax deduction. Whatever helps yeah. me get this done without crying. Anyway, that blow dryer, trash. Never use it. I – so – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I must interrupt and then I'm going to walk out. I had one. I tried it, returned it. Yeah. I also, it it doesn't have, there's no strength to the stream. It just goes (laughs) on your hair. I use it on our dog because it's quieter than other ones. Yeah. And I'm like, I I see what it's going for, but I don't, it didn't help me blow my hair out at all. Thank you. I still am not an octopus or a hairdresser and I don't know how to make my hair look like I have been to a professional. But clearly you do know because look. Well, what someone, Carly, who is uh, a producer that I work with on Innovation Mm. Nation, Carly Plasek, vegan of reason on Instagram. She loves vegan food. She recommended, I think it's by Hot Tools, one of those dryers that's a brush and a dryer. Revlon makes one too. They're like $45. Yeah, they're super popular right now. We were traveling together and she's like, yeah, I have it with me if you want to use it. I used it and I was like, revelation. This is so much better than the $500 Dyson that I bought with a coupon, which, by the way, if anyone wants to buy my Dyson for some reason, hit me up. Um, But anyway, Hot Tools, it's got a brush and it's a blow dryer and it smooths your shit so fast. Revlon, yeah, Revlon makes another one. And great reviews, 10 out of 10. Amazing. And also, I finally, an hour ago, looked at myself in the mirror and I said, Ward, you're not a middle part girl. You can't do it. Oh, yes. I see. I feel like you are so symmetrical. I think you could, but I know myself not to be a middle part gal. And it's tough. It's tough for us, us of the side parts, because culture is not kind to us anymore. Not at all. I don't know. Tony, do you know this? Do you know the war that's happening with hair parts Mm. in the world right now? No, I had no idea. (gasps) I was just going to say, I feel like, I feel like a middle part is just generally not uh good for to, most people Allie, imagine yeah, imagine i wish i wish i didn't know being so ignorant tony do you know uh, what's going on with skinny jeans <laughs> uh i still wear them i know that i probably shouldn't uh this is male privilege right male there privilege. <laughs> yeah, I, my male privilege of living sad and alone <laughs> <laughs> yes you're better for all of it trust me because there is a part of our souls now that has been informed that TikTok, mm-hmm. Gen Z, very anti-side part. It's a very elder millennial thing. It's a very Gen X thing. Middle parts only, maybe bangs only if they're like curtain bangs and a little bit 70s and skinny jeans get out of here. 
It's it's all about higher waisted, baggier mom jeans. And so if you are a side part or you still wear skinny jeans, I'm rocking both right now. It, it's like there's you're um, aging yourself. There's out like a disgust. Of relevance. Yeah. I mean, but it's so it's I. more than just like I don't like it. It's like I am disgusted that you haven't <laughs> changed. Yes. And I feel bad for you that you don't have the sense or the means to change these styles. And it's like, dudes, I tried a middle part. Granted, maybe I looked a little cooler, but I was like, I don't think I have a face for this. See, I just don't. I just think you would because, again, your face is very symmetrical and perfect. I got kind of a long horse face, to be honest. I don't- and I'm fine saying that. I have a little bit of a longer, more oval face. And I feel like when I part it down the middle, I feel like I'm I, I, I feel like I'm trying too hard. I also went to a friend's giving. And I had this moment where I looked around the table and I was like, every single woman here has a middle part. Oh. Every single one of us. And then I was like, do you notice all of us have middle parts? And then that opened up a discussion of like, I know I had to train mine to do this over the course of several months and da, da, da. Used to be a devoted – but it's just – and I'm like, this is the most homogenous hairstyle. Why is it we're such a – we celebrate diversity in every other way. Right. Why – we only have one hairstyle now? Why the tyranny of the middle part? As oh. people my age say, say less. I, I only yeah. learned what that means. Mean? I only learned what that means just very <laughs> what recently. What does it mean? Say less is like, yes, sister. Say less is like, uh, I think it's like, I fully, I interpret it to mean I fully agree with that. Or um, if you like, who's like a, who's a hot, who's a hot dude right now? I don't know. Think of a hot dude. Who's a hot, hot dude? Tony, dude. who's a hot dude? I mean, I'm a little offended you guys haven't said me. Okay. Like, Tony Thaxton, <laughs> say less. Say less. Oh, got it. Okay. Okay. All I can Ur- think Urban of was- Dictionary says, when you understand someone fully and clearly and you don't need any of their further explanation. Yes. Okay. So it's like, stop. I get it. Mm-hmm. But don't stop. Yeah. I agree but with you. to me, if someone said say less to me, I would feel insulted like they were saying I'm talking too much. But again, that's my side part mentality coming yeah. to the table. Context um, is key. But I, I, I just feel like the, I feel like we'll look back and, and say, hey, can't we have different hairstyles? Can't yeah. we all do a little bit of what we want? We will. And so I put my hair in a big bun with a ribbon today getting ready for this because i was like you know maybe i'm not cool but i'm i'm me it's like that's enough audrey hepburn bridget bardot it's all the cool things young people who bring their derision upon your head you're wrong i have two nieces who are i think they're six i want to say 16 and 18 Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was that age, I would have been very insulted if someone didn't know my age. But now that I'm old, I get how roughly between, you know, 12 and 23, it's all kind of very similar to me. But anyway, um, once I became aware of this whole middle part war, I went to their Instagram pages and I looked and there is not one picture of them without a middle part. It's I'm only, telling you. yeah. It's- and. And what you said about contagion. having to train your hair. If I tried to do a, a middle part, I have half a mind to do it right now. If I tried, maybe maybe on Patreon I'll do it. If I tried to do a middle part, half of my hair would puff up. It won't go there. 
Yeah, no, I've got that too. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to part my small, my small mod bangs for you right now. I mean, it's working. I will, you know, what's funny though is the first day that I did a middle part, I went walking the dog with my husband. He was like, you look cute today. And I was like, fuck. See, because he's got those eyes for what's hip and young. It's biological. I know. But the problem is, is like, I, I think because I know that it's what's hip and young, I'm not doing it out of my own volition. I'm doing it to be hip and cool, which is the least hip and cool thing to do. I agree. And so I'm like, I, I'm counterculture is what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. my side part is counterculture. Right. And I'm sticking with it. We but can't I was- <laughs> fight our Gen X elder millennialness. We can't. <laughs> Hey, you know, okay. I was talking to Jared about last night. We were having this this deep talk about like stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and and the way that people sabotage their own efforts, you know, just with kind of like these negative tapes that you're like, oh, I can't do that, whatever. And um and Jared had this revelation where he was like, Well, maybe I should just think I like me. And like that's yes. It's <laughs> like whenever he said, whenever he starts to feel like oh, I don't know, maybe he just goes, "Oh, I like me," and that is like such a cute universal little affirmation that you can give yourself. It's okay. We I all know. need to do that. Yeah, it's fine. Just today, I was um, this woman posted a meme of it. It was like bathe yourself in a river of compassion, and I thought. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? But really, <laughs> the harsh voice that we all have in our heads toward ourselves, there's no need to really have that. It's just learned yeah. and routine. Yeah, I think people who are who think of themselves as like high achieving think like, of course, I need the coach in the corner that's like, you suck. You can do better than this. Go get him. You know, and so like yeah. we think of this like really shitty voice as someone who's like keeps us like keeps me sharp, keeps me striving. But I don't I think and I'm not a psychologist, but I would wager that that voice leads to inaction more than good work. Right. You know what I mean? I think you're right. I think it's like more, I think we think it's like a coach keeping us really sharp, but I think it's just uh, like a dick who just is like, well, might as well just sit on the couch. So I, I think that maybe the way that the ways that we discourage ourselves are, are not making us better people or better creators in any way. So I think you just got to be like, oh, whatever. I'm a dumb, dumb little ape and let's see what I do. Do Thank you all. still identify as a workaholic? You know what? I am starting not to, which is very liberating. Oh my God, Allison, you're gonna be so proud of me. I can't wait. Both of you. Everyone, even Wendy's gonna be proud of me. Um, I have implemented, I start work at nine, I'm off work at six. Good which for is you. Really hard if you work at home or if you have more than one job or whatever. Um, the like work from home culture that all of us have been subjected to in the last couple of years is it's really hard to know when you're on or off. And yeah. I've been like that way my whole life. And I'm finding that giving myself really concrete boundaries makes me get more shit done. So than do you, if I sit all day and half work. Do you like not check your email after six? I try not to. I try just Look to be that. like, well. And it just like around three, I start going, okay, I really got to get some stuff done. (laughs) And then, but it's been really nice just to know, okay, I'm going to be better at this job if I put some boundaries to it. So I don't know. Week one, y'all check in with me in a couple weeks. I'll tell you how it's going. But I think I'm doing better work. 
That's great. I, uh, during the pandemic or during this, I don't know, it was within the last eight months or so, I actually mm-hmm. attended a Workaholics online meeting, <gasps> Workaholics yeah, Anonymous online meeting, just to see if it resonated with me. And some of it did, some of it didn't. But I just began to feel like, you know, it's funny because I think what my idea, my idea of a workaholic Ali is someone like you who is super high functioning, high achieving, involved in a thousand different projects and stuff. And I feel like, well, my life doesn't exactly reflect that. However, I, I actually, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. I don't know exactly the definition, but what I noticed is there was a quality to the way I was thinking about work, thinking about ambition, thinking about achievement. And I got, I felt that there was sort of a compulsive quality to it and that perhaps I was avoiding other things in my life by feeling, by kind of, by my own behavior. And that's what I just wanted to see, like, how did that relate to what, to what Mm -hmm. I saw? And, um, I didn't, I only went to that one meeting, but I did find it helpful to kind of remind me of sort of the, the shape of compulsion, Mm -hmm. which is, I'm not a stranger to compulsive behaviors and things like that. Well, I, I wonder also, if that's more common in Los Angeles, Probably. because it feels like such like a hustle culture. Yeah. And also just in like post sort of full-time employment where I feel like everyone's got six jobs that are all 1099 freelance now. Yes. And, and it's like mm-hmm. the gig economy, there's so much freedom. And you're like, you dicks just don't want to pay anyone health insurance. <laughs> right. Which, and so I feel like there is, I don't know if it's like a product of Los Angeles, if it's geographical, if it's temporal, if it's the era, but I do feel like more people are like, okay, I got to scramble. And there's yeah. a lot of like, well, if you can't buy a house at 30 in America, are, are you really hustling? You know? So there's like a lot of blame about, you know, I think that there is a lot of weight that gets put on people to work more compulsively. I will say I find... And I've never read any of the books or listened to any of the audio tapes. So perhaps I am uh, out of line saying this. But in general, this idea that if you just change your mindset, you'll be like the prosperous mindset. I feel like that is got to be full of BS because that is the, is it um, the mindset that's standing between someone who's prosperous and someone who's not? I don't think so. I, You know, I think in the like... As they say in cognitive behavioral therapy, it's like your thoughts, your thoughts create your feelings, create your actions. Mm-hmm. So if you are thinking, you have a thought that's like, I'm a piece of shit, then your feelings are like, oh, I feel ashamed. I feel uh, down. I feel depressed. I feel anxious, all that stuff. And then your actions will be affected by like, I feel down. I feel like I'm garbage. And so your actions then will be in accordance. And so you're essentially like the more you think and feel something terrible, chances are you're not going to go after certain opportunities. So I do think that mindset probably affects your behaviors Mm -hmm. and your behaviors determine, you know, whether or not you take a risk or if you fail, if you try again, or, you know, if you fix problems that come up. But that's behavior driven, although you have to ask, okay, well, what's driving my behaviors? Right. I, and yes, there's a, there's something to, there's something, there's a take home message in all of that, I'm sure. And I think for a certain self selecting group of people that are already doing fairly well, I just feel like that is bashing 
people below the poverty line. Like the idea oh, that someone below sure. the poverty line, like just just change your thoughts, attract wealth. It's like it's so much more complicated than that. Oh, uh, a th- yes, a thousand percent. And yeah, there are so many factors that there there are so many factors and privileges that certain people have going into things that it's just. I mean, you would you would have to be so insensitive to not recognize the way that can just connections and network and who you know, you know, totally gives people legs up so much, so much yeah. work also in this town, I feel like comes from just knowing someone, you know, and so if people are historically excluded, like, of course, there's going to be a pipeline issue, you know, right? So yeah, for sure. I do feel like on a, on a kind of like more individual level, it's interesting to think how how much though we can kind of sabotage even just having a just enjoying a day if, you know what yes. i mean yes yes I, I have been working on well i'm trying to think have i been consciously trying to be in the moment i've been able to be in the moment a lot more lately and just enjoy aspects of my life that were there before but i couldn't get to a place of enjoying them because of all the nonsense in my head. And I'm just like so grateful that I can feel that. Mm-hmm. What about you? How are I mean, you doing? Does motherhood have any effect on that? Because yes. Okay. I, I look at so. people with kids and I'm like, <gasps> like, how do you organize all their snacks? The permission slips, they got to get uh, vaccinations. You got to apply for preschool when they're a zygote. Like <laughs> so much stuff to do. But then at the same time, you're like, oh, if you have kids, you get to go to the fucking petting zoo and stuff. And like, you get to take them on outings that are also pretty killer for you, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, and you have to be in the moment because they grow up so fast. Like, what is Has motherhood taken, put you in the moment or less so? I think motherhood, what's kind of been a a journey because I had a, I had a rough going at the beginning. I had postpartum depression um, and just found it I found it to be hard. My transition to motherhood was, I don't know if it's seamless for anyone. For me, it was, it felt rocky, but now I think they sort of in the same way, <clears throat> please don't take this out of context, anyone in the same way, animals remind you to stay in the moment, having children, I think because they do change quickly and they require so much focus and so much attention. You can't, I mean, you can try to be jug emailing and also taking care of your kids, but it's, they notice if you're not paying full attention. So they demand full attention and kind of, um, uh, just accepting that and just kind of allowing, what's the word? Succum- not succumbing. It starts with an S. Seating. It's, Oh, well, I can't figure it out. Um, (laughs) It's not important, but it will drive me nuts. Acquiescing again, not the right word, but um, just uh, just giving myself over to that has, I think, is part of like the mindfulness. Did you say surrender? No. Surrendering. Yes, Ah, that's the word. Thank you, Allie Ward. It was like it was there. It was waiting in the wings. It was like any moment. Yeah. Any moment, it's my time. I mean, I, I, it's that part of it seems really wonderful, but I, I don't have kids because I didn't think I would be great at it. It seemed like a lot, and it is. I have so many dead house plants that I was <laughs> like, 
maybe my genes don't need to be replicated <laughs> or don't need, you know what I mean? Maybe it's like a cul- a genetic cul-de-sac is just fine. Cause I don't know if I could keep one alive. I mean, I have a dog and she's very like, like see you in, you know, five hours or whatever. Your dog is perfect. She's perfect. We got so lucky. You know, we almost gave her back. What? I yes. didn't know that. Yes. Why? We had her for two weeks and I was like, it's not the dog for us. Really? I was I had I had a big talk with myself and I was like, I don't think this is our dog. She doesn't seem that happy. Mm. I don't know if she likes us that much. Maybe she needs to be in a house with like more more than one dog. Was or- she playing it too cool for you? She was playing it pretty cool. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think she likes us. And I was like, maybe this just isn't her vibe. And uh I was out of town for work and I told Jared, I was like, Yeah, I think we give her back. And he was like, Okay, I can see that. And then he texted me. He's like, I have to take her to the vet. She's really sick. She has, apparently she has kennel cough. And she got on antibiotics, came out of her shell. And we didn't realize that she was sick the whole time. And Jarrett was like, once she was sick, he was like, this is our dog. I'm never giving this dog back to anyone. This is our dog. And I was like, okay, I trust you. And it turned out that she didn't hate us or need to be on a ranch. She just had kennel cough. And Aww. we're idiots. And we I thought that she just was like bored or needed to chase sheep. And poor little baby was just a little sick. And now we're like, she doesn't bark unless you get a package, in which case you're like, thank you so much. I should sign for this. (laughs) And she doesn't pee inside. She's just the best. Or this is like a lifetime movie of the week where, you know, the heroine almost dies. And then everyone real- realizes how they really felt about her. I mean, I'm such an asshole too because so many people wanted her. And I just – I had – I was so freaked out about adopting a dog. So I was like, what if I'm not going to be a good dog mom? Mm-hmm. What if the dog doesn't like me? What if we're not the best place for it? I was just like, "There chances are this dog will be happier with somebody else. And I didn't – I anyway. So, yeah. So, sometimes we're like, I knew it was my dog the instant we locked eyes. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're up your own butt yeah. being like, maybe this dog doesn't like me. Well, Allie, I'm, I'm glad you got out of your own way. That reminds me, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about therapy a lot on the show. We talk about BetterHelp a lot. Uh, if you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know – uh, I've been in therapy for a while. I believe wholeheartedly in therapy. It has helped me immense. It both helps me and it makes me feel better. I, for me, I feel like that's the best kind of therapy where it's like, like a massage in that it's soothing at the time, but then like physical therapy. I'm inventing these analogies, you guys. I'm going to put a, I'm going to, this is just a bit of the, what am I saying? I'm, I'm all over the place. <laughs> I, I got really excited about my own analogies. Uh, I'm going to move on. But anyway, perhaps you uh, could benefit from therapy too. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy. That isn't true. It's a tool to utilize before things get worse and it can help you avoid those lows. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with therapists in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. And Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash best friend. That's BetterHelp, better H-E-L-P dot com slash best friend. I also want to tell you guys about the Skylight Frame I have one of these. 
my mom has one of these. My husband's mom has one of these. Uh, it is this beautiful digital frame. You can get it up and running in no time flat. You do not have to be tech savvy. The moms are, uh, my mom, my mother-in-law, I would not say they're super tech savvy, but we gave them to them as gifts uh, and they had them up and running in seconds. You can email photos to it. Uh, and it, you just give some, like we email them photos of the kids for their frames and the one we have, my kids love to look at it. They can swipe through the photos. It just makes a wonderful gift. Um, and I would recommend buying one for yourself as well. It's just great. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your Skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. Now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code Allison. That's right. Get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Just go to skylightframe.com and enter code Allison. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, promo code Allison. I want to tell you guys about stance. Uh, I was wearing some stance items earlier today. I was wearing the combed cotton no-show socks. They're super comfortable, super soft, super well-made. Stance apparel is so comfortable, high quality, well-made. Uh, it makes a wonderful gift. And they also have these really cool collaborations with different pop culture entities. Whatever you're into, there's a stance collaboration with them. For example, Wu-Tang Clan, the Goonies, which I feel like is right in Tony and my nostalgia wheelhouse. Uh, the Office, Marvel, Bob Marley, Pixar. It's a lot of range. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code Allison at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. So again, that's promo code Allison at checkout for 15% off when you register for an account at stance.com. Okay, Ms. Allie Ward. Um, I need to hear about the fact that you got married since we last talked. Nuts. How was it? Do you, your listeners know who I married? Cookie dough guy. Yeah. Do they know? <laughs> I mean, I feel like maybe not everyone knows the whole story of cookie yeah, dough I guy. Say, I don't think I, I don't think that I was this cookie <laughs> dough guy business. That was pre Tony. I know. I know. This has been going on. Um, do, you know what? Jarrett got a text from someone being like, I listened to this podcast, Allison Rosen, and I think they were talking about you. Did you have something to do with cookie dough? <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> he was like, what's that about? No, <laughs> oh, nothing. I was just saying that I like you as much as I like cookie dough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but okay. So the, the TLDR, the too long did not read on it is Jarrett and I met 10 years ago. Uh, we're nine years apart in age. I met him when he was, do some math here. He was 25 and just out of an eight year relationship. He was in an eight year relationship? Yeah. So he, he, wow. With his like high school girl, like first everything, right? So he was just out of it and was like, who am I? You know, and he was 25, very hot. (laughs) We started dating and I was like, this is very, this is obviously very cute. This is rebound. 
I'm going to go off and find someone of my own age. Enjoy your bullet your bourbon youth. and you know in the in the 20 in the early aughts or whatever and go ride your scooter around sleep with a lot of people. It's you got to do it. Anyway, so we broke up off and on and and but we always loved each other a lot. Anyway, um and so we I had boyfriends and he dated other people blah, 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 and we'd always be like, oh, but I miss you. But we were a mess. And um, anyway, then he subsequently got diagnosed with ADHD, which explains a lot. And I was diagnosed with anxiety, also explained a lot. Medicated, therapy, things were great now. But um, but yeah, he in, – in like winning me back at one point, I think I got home from a trip or something and he had gone to the store and like like – I mentioned over text that like I wanted a baked potato. And so while I was like flying over earth, he like, uh, like cooked some baked potatoes for me and like had them like met me at my apartment with them and like some uh, gluten free cookie dough and just all that. I was like, Oh, this is the best. And I just, but I cried at the potatoes. I was like, oh, I mentioned offhand I wanted to bake potato. And while I've been flying over the country, you've cooked them and, and chopped scallions and gotten nice butter and stuff. Anyway, so I broke down and cried. And anyway, so that's Cookie Dough Guy. But also, you know, during our off times, like, you know, I had whole boyfriends and he was like wrecked about and he, you know, dated people who are much younger and hotter and more famous than me. And I was like, oh, I'm going to die alone. So we broke oh each other's hearts a lot. God, I wish you could mention names. I know. Trust me. It's hard sometimes to watch things on streaming services and you're like, hmm, don't want to watch this show. That is so <laughs> vague. She's very hot and cute. Or you know what I mean? Just those yeah. things where you're like, oh, look, a billboard of someone who my husband has seen their boobs. And that's great. <laughs> and I'm glad he had that experience. But I'm also like, uh, at the time I was like, you know, wrecked or whatever. Can we get a but, hint? Like which streaming no. service? <laughs> All right. Will you tell me off? But I mean, there were, you know, like you, it's LA and people date, you know, and people date, they meet people all over, you know? Of course. I know. But yeah, it's like those things where you're, if you're constantly comparing yourself to like, does my ex boyfriend have like a cool new, new girl that he's dating? It's very easy to like see that, yes, they are cooler than you. They're middle part girls with baggy jeans or whatever. But, um, but you're going to tell me off, off, Mike, right? Sure. Oh, sure. Thank you. Because sure. I'm not going to pretend it, like I'm not obsessed with this now. I mean, and all like the and the thing is, is like there nothing against anyone that he did. They were like amazing people, you of know. Course. So you're just like, of course, like yeah, they're like what? Why, why would you want to date me after that? Or you know what I mean? Stuff like that, where you're just like, I don't know. And so, and then I would go off and and you know date someone that he would feel super. You know, like, oh, this guy's, you're going to end up having babies with him or whatever, you know. But I just ended up, I didn't, I didn't like them as much as him. And so, yeah, so we finally just kind of um, got, got our shit together in, you know, 2017 or something. And just we haven't, haven't broken up since and we've been great. And it's like, yeah, I, un- I understand way more about ADHD now, which I understand things that used to, I used to take as slights. So I was like, oh, no, they're just, you know, he's not good with time. You know, it doesn't mean he doesn't care about me. He's just chronically late. <laughs> not a big deal. So what I remember, my sense of it was there's this guy that you have this super magnetic connection with. And, and but he inevitably makes you unhappy. 
And so you have decided that you should probably not pursue that, but you're having trouble not pursuing that. Would you like, was that right for a period of time yeah. that that was sort of what, wh- how you felt about it? Totally. Like I had been in love with him since like the second I met him. Like he was so funny and so weird and so smart. And we were just like making stupid puns on this like rooftop party where he was working as a butcher and I was there to like, you know, network or whatever. And I was like, this is not the guy that I'm supposed to be dating, Mm. but he's really funny and I could talk to him forever. And I think he's so interesting. And his brain works so fast. And so, but there was always this thing that was like, there's an age difference. Like he's, he's not, he shouldn't have to settle down. I shouldn't have to date like I'm 25 either. And so there was always this like different places. And, but it was this thing where I'm like, okay, well, I, okay, this isn't supposed to be. So I've got to go find someone suitable mm-hmm. who's like my age and ready to settle down. And then I would just like try to go on dates or even, you know, have relationships. And I would just be like, this isn't like, I wish. It were Jared instead. Like I wish I was on this vacation with Jared or mm. like I wonder what he would say about this cat that we saw on the street, you know, or whatever. And so it was always this fighting against like, well, I'm not supposed to be in love with him. I'm supposed to be in love with someone more suitable. And so, you know, fast forward a bunch of years and he had a chance to to experience his own existential crises and I got a chance to kind of figure out what I wanted. And but we've never stopped. We never stopped loving each other. And so it was like, well, you know, it's a lot. It was actually when we moved in together and and during quarantine, it was just it was really nice just to be like, yeah, this this works and it's great and that's fine. Like in the end, in the end, that like person that got away doesn't didn't actually get away. You know, was there <laughs> and that's it's such a happily up, ever you know. after. Um, like a, a question. He was working as a butcher at this party. He was. He was. What is he was. What does I that met mean? him on the rooftop of a butcher shop. <laughs> oh, it was a, so you went to a party at a butcher shop to network. I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> yes, it was a singles party called a meat market. Oh and it was god, for people like in the cooking industry, and it was like, all right, we've rounded up all you single, you know, like cocktail writers and chefs, and we're mm. gonna have a party on the rooftop of a butcher shop. And so I walk in, and he's there in like a chainmail apron, and he and these like beautiful eyes and just this and he's like oh are you here for the singles thing and i was like (laughs) what no yeah maybe (laughs) and so then i went up to the roof and was like trying to trying to mingle with like eligible bachelors and then he came up you know to deliver a bucket of ice or something and and we ended up talking he was like the funniest person there and then afterward he was like do you want to go get a drink with me and i was like you know, like, are my do I get babysitting rates? Because you're a tiny infant, <laughs> and that's terrifying. And so we went and got a drink anyway. And I was like, I'm not going to make out with you. You're too young for me. And just so you know, and then lo and behold, uh, that yeah, you did. Yeah, and, the full yeah. this full story. Patreon.com/slash Allison Rosen. I did a one-on-one episode with you where you went into yeah. the full story of all of yeah. that. Yeah, it was pretty instant chemistry. Let's just say. And uh, so, it maybe it involved a public park. Maybe it <laughs> maybe, didn't. but but maybe uh, last Christmas he took me to that public park. And, oh, and yeah, and proposed, and I was like not expecting that at all. But um, but yeah, but but it's it's been really cool to see the ways that I was like this will will never work. It was like no, it's just we always just loved each other. And Can I? Once I stopped fighting it, it became a lot easier. 
So here's, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't know if you'll have an answer. I don't know that one person can answer this, but I'm imagining someone's listening to this. Someone is listening who has made the decision. Let's say a young Allison Rosen, a young Allison Rosen who's like, that guy that I feel addicted to who doesn't want what I want and I keep, I keep going back to him. There's multiple people that fit this category, by the way. I keep going back to him. When I'm around him, all I want to do is like be around him more. However, it's just bringing me heartache. Like he doesn't like me in the way that I like, you know, he doesn't want what I want. So I have to just make the choice to move on. What if that person hears this and is like, you know, you know what? I am, I'm going to go back to that person. Mm. So I, how, I guess that, what I'm asking is how do you know the difference between when it's like a Jared Alley or like a Allison Rosen, everyone? Right. I completely get that. And I think that, you know, for a long time, the thing that I was resisting was just like, I don't want to gamble on you mm-hmm. because I don't trust that you're going to stick around. And he was like, but be with me. We can we can figure this out. And I was like, you're not a good investment at this point. And so I'm not I'm not going to put my coins here. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, there was that too. I mean, I was the one that was typically breaking up with him. So I think that if someone is like, I don't want you like that, then fuck them. <laughs> Right. I I mean, which was me to him, but I just was like, just thought like, what I'm an old, older woman, like those never get hung on to. I think this was in the middle of Ashton and Demi divorcing. (laughs) And I was like, look, see, like they'll never, they're going to leave you. So I think I was very, uh, you know, like uh, heavily um, influenced by just general misogyny and sexism. And, um, and also, like, during some of our breakups, like, I, I had found out that, like, I couldn't have kids. I had ovarian failure. So then I was like, well, I don't want to trap him in something if mm. he's going to want to be a dad later. Like, just, like, go do your thing. So I was pushing him away a lot of the time. But the biggest thing is both of us got, like, diagnosed with something when we're like, oh, we're – we have, like, a, a perfect storm of reactivity to each other where we're both really, really insecure about things. And so it's a lot of, like, protective, like – defensive like oh i'm gonna run away before you hurt me or mm-hmm. um or i'm going to take anything that is a criticism is like mortal wounding if you know even if it wasn't meant to be critic you know so we're really right. really really like raw nerves a lot and mm-hmm. so i think a lot of the time apart and therapy and medication and also understanding about the other person's mental health like if you have someone in your life who has a mental health condition and you love them like ask them about it and ask them how it affects them. Ask them what their thought process is. Um, read read books about it. Listen to podcasts by people who have that. Like understand as much as you can about a mental health condition, whether it's depression or ADHD or autism or anxiety or whatever or workaholism. Like really invest in that because it ends up becoming so much less personal. Because a lot of times mm-hmm. when you have anything that's mental health related, it's like, you seem like you're making choices, but you're like, oh no, I'm like, right now I'm like a marionette to my chemicals or my habits or whatever. So I think um, having, and you know, if you have a partner who's like, yeah, I want to know more about this, then I, that helps relation. It, in our relationship changed night to day. He got diagnosed with ADHD. He got medicated for it. I listened to this book, uh, The ADHD Effect on Marriage, which we weren't engaged or married, but uh, it's a really good book about relationships. But And it just – it helped me understand him so much 
that I was like all of these little things that I had been taking as slights or I'd Mm -hmm. been really anxious about. I was like, this is like so not personal. And these are things that he didn't even realize, you know? So things like that, like investing in understanding someone's perspective and then it, it helps so much. So yeah, there was a lot of work you know, it wasn't just like, you know what, we just decided it was a full moon and we're just like, let's just go for it. You know, there was a lot of like, <laughs> you know, so we went from, we went from really breaking each other's heart a lot to like just being smooth sailing where we have a disagreement like maybe once or twice a year, you know? And when we do, it's just like, okay, well, tell me how you're feeling about it. Okay. I get why you're feeling, you know, I'm, I'm really sensitive about this because I interpreted this as this. Okay. Well, that's not how I intended it. Okay. Got it. You know, mm-hmm. but we went, we were, so like we were every single Taylor Swift song wrapped up in one relationship. It was and it was agonizing for everyone in our lives. They were like, just either fucking get married or break up, you know? So there was a so getting married was not something that I had ever like had on my like bingo card. Like, I want to get married, I want a white dress, I want to like I don't care. But um it was a it was a it's a cool surprise and it was kind of a, a nice way to commit to being like, okay, like there was definitely something here from the beginning, but we had to go through mm-hmm. a lot of shit. And the wedding was a was great and the way that we could just thank everyone. <laughs> like, thanks for sticking by us. Thanks for having some <laughs> faith in this. Like, thanks for, you know, the support that our friends have given us the last, you know, four years of being, you know, really solid and together. That's I'm so happy for years, you. Yeah. Well, thanks, dude. That's so it's sweet. It's been really nice. It's been, yeah. I mean, it. You know, it's su- it sucks how much insecurity wrecks relationships. Like, yeah. I feel like we insecurity. all have our own insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just say like insecurity, especially when you either when you don't communicate it in a way where you are giving the person the benefit of the doubt. When yeah. it makes you draw a conclusion and then react to it yes. is like yeah. the, it's a, it's a cancer. Yeah. Or it's even really hard to say like, well, I'm actually mad because I'm really hurt because I'm really scared that you like somebody else, you know, or right. like, I'm really, I'm really, you know, I think so much. I, I used to think this a lot, like that we have the, all these like emotional taps, right? And like all these emotional pipes, but sometimes they can only come out like through an anger spigot. Yeah. You know, even so you have like hurt, you have like fear, you have disappointment, right. you have uncertainty. And a lot of times the way that we um are conditioned is like, well, those things are really vulnerable. So just mm-hmm. have route them out the anger spigot and make it someone else's problem. You know? Totally. And a lot of times we hurt each other without realizing that we're doing it, or we don't understand that, you know, what's behind some of our some of our uh, friction is is fear, but I mean that that fearology episode I did for ologies with Mary Poffin Roth. It's a two part episode I did a couple of years ago, and she was so interesting because she was talking about how anxiety is just fear, and fear is usually comes from typically. I mean, there's definitely a lot of factual fears, and those are life or death situations. Those are real fears, but a lot of our internal talk is fictional what ifs. A lot of anxiety is at least catastrophizing. And so Mm -hmm. that fear comes from not being in control or not being enough Mm -hmm. typically. And so once you start to be like, oh, you know, like if 
you know, why am I why am I pissed about a friend who didn't return something that they borrowed? You know, is it because I don't have it or is it because I think they I don't matter enough to them or they right. you know, whatever. So, I don't know, it's interesting. It's like definitely takes some untangling. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was uh, so I did a I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Alison Rosen, and I did I call the friend zone is what I call my bonus episode. And I was talking my bonus Patreon episodes, and I was talking, and I won't go into full detail here because it's embarrassing and it's uh it's gossipy. But I was just talking about how I find myself repeatedly in a certain situation. It's one of those things where when it's a pattern, you have to go, okay, what what's my part in this? And the situation I find myself in, and I sort of listed all these different ones, is getting frustrated with someone else for not promoting a project that I'm a part of the way that I think they should be promoting it. But and the reason and in reality, it could be someone, you know, people have all different reasons for not promoting something. And it could be they're actually older and they're not good at social media. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to do a story or whatever. But in general, when that happens, I think are they embarrassed about the episode? Do they think I'm shitty in some way? Are they trying, you know what I mean? Like I take it incredibly yeah. personally when it really doesn't have to do with me, but I instant, but the reason that I'm hurt, again, this is to your point of like, am I upset? Cause I don't have this thing that my friend forgot to give back to me. Like the reason that I have such a explosion of emotion. Yes, of course it'd be nice if they could tweet, but it's not really about that. It's what I think it's it's what I think it means. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I that. I know. It doesn't always it doesn't mean that. And and there are so many things like I I sometimes am really bad at promoting things because I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm not interesting enough, you know? <laughs> so it's yeah. like nothing to do, you know, I with the I, project, right. Right. And so it's like you don't know how many different layers of insecurity are happening below the yeah, have nothing to do with you. And I remember once I had a friend who was like a date canceled on her and she was really bummed. And I was like, dude, you never know if they have diarrhea. Like absolutely 100% <laughs> so that true. could have mad diarrhea right now. And they're not going to be like, hey, what's up? We'd love to hang out with you. Absolutely pissing water out of my butt right now. <laughs> And so if you think about any time, like you don't know what someone's going through and what they're not telling you. And so in if you can just possibly be like, maybe this isn't about me or right. or ask and clear the air if you have to and, and, and that apologize is so, with grace, you know. To ask is so hard know, though. So embarrassing. To be like. It's good though. Yeah. <laughs> And I did that actually with with someone regarding the promotion. Um, yeah, what they say, and that's when what? What did they What'd say? say? Oh, yeah, they were they were they like, no, it's not any of that. It really is like I don't know how to do social media. Like I'm old. I don't know. I I don't know how to do it. Um. So yeah. Anyway. Um. Again, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. If you want the, uh, the names attached to these stories, listen, you guys, healthcare for women is unnecessarily complicated, especially of late. Access to affordable healthcare has become much harder for women in recent years. Gain time and peace of mind back with the Pill Club. They make access to affordable birth control, period care, and sexual wellness products simple and easy with an online subscription. Get your birth control prescribed online by a licensed medical provider and delivered discreetly to your door for free with the pill club i love 
things like this where you can just uh, do it all from the comfort of your home. The Pill Club is a birth control subscription prescribed by a medical professional and delivered straight to your door for free. The Pill Club carries over 120 FDA-approved brands. Most brands of birth control are free with insurance or Medicaid. Otherwise, prices start as low as $7 per month without insurance. They deliver birth control to your door for free in discreet packaging along with fun self-care, gifts, and goodies. Their licensed medical team is just a text away to give you the best reproductive health care. So skip the office line and waiting in line at the pharmacy and join the club. Right now, when you go to thepillclub.com slash Allison, the Pill Club is offering a $10 donation to bedsider.org for every Allison Rosen is your new best friend listener who becomes a patient. Your donation will help low-income individuals get access to birth control through bedsider.org. That's thepillclub.com slash Allison to get your first birth control care package package and donate to help more women in need of affordable birth control. Remember the pillclub.com slash Allison. You must use that link to make a donation, the pillclub.com slash Allison. And speaking of subscription services, things you can do from the, uh-oh, I call myself the queen of segues and I think there was a little hiccup in my segueing just now. You guys, this it's never happened before. My performance Ever. on this podcast has been 110% for 15 years or however long this is going on. And you guys just saw my soft underbelly. Okay. <laughs> I just want to talk great. about, thank you, apostrophe. Do you know apostrophe? It is um, oh. prescription skincare. It's like acne products and stuff that targets aging and stuff like that. Uh, I've been on tretinoin for a period of time now. And I had, I say had these sunspots, age spots, dark spots, that I've been fading with uh, with a special prescription hydroquinone cream. And my skin has never looked better. And I've done it all from just uh, my house. It, it was perfect timing with the pandemic because I've been wanting to try tretinoin. That's generic retin-A. I've been wanting to try it forever, but I didn't, I don't have, a, I didn't, didn't have a regular dermatologist. Didn't want to go in. So I did apostrophe, fill out a questionnaire, take three pictures, two profiles, one straight on, send it in. And then my dermatologist, Maggie, board certified dermatologist wrote back here's your plan i ordered the products i periodically check in with her tell her how i feel about things i i and she even agreed it's it's exciting to see the progress in your skin uh and i i asked can i increase concentration of the tretinoin she said yes uh so it's yeah it's just been going great and um they they treat all type of acne from hormonal acne to facial acne even chest knee back knee and butt knee <laughs> uh they treat breakouts head to toe so what are your skincare goals um you can talk about this with them they will help you we have a special deal for our audience save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com/bestfriend when you use our code bestfriend this code is only available to our listeners to get started just go to apostrophe.com best friend and click begin visit then use our code best friend at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only five dollars that's apostrophe a-p-o-s-t-r-o-p-h-e dot com slash best friend and use that code best friend to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for five dollars and we thank apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast i also want to talk to you guys about ring i love ring specifically the ring alarm when daniel and i moved into this house he wanted to get an alarm system and i said okay let me look into some of the big ones did some research. There was something I didn't like about each of the name. I, I don't know why I'm being so vague. I'll tell you what I didn't like. I didn't want to sign up for a service and have to have someone come out to the house and set it up. And then I actually on, on Instagram, I was like, can I, do you guys have an alarm system that you like? Da, da, da. And 
mostly what I heard is with, with those, if something goes wrong, you're at their mercy trying to get it fixed. It's impossible to cancel. It's like, it's just a whole thing. I didn't like the idea. I just didn't want to enter into that kind of relationship. Uh, talked to a friend. He told me that he, I wanted to know, do you have an alarm system? He's like, Oh yeah, we just got the ring alarm. I said, it was like a needle scratch moment. Tony, do your needle scratch. Oh, I wasn't prepared. I know. Uh, <laughs> ah! uh, needle scratch. <laughs> again, all I hear is a zipper, but needle scratch. And I wait, do it again. <laughs> I wasn't expecting drops during these ads. <laughs> There's a ring alarm. That's what I said. I had no idea because I was familiar with ring because we had a ring doorbell. I can't imagine. I bet you have a ring doorbell. Everyone has a ring doorbell. I can't imagine not having a ring doorbell, but I did not know there was a ring alarm. That day, I'm not making this up. I kid you not. That day, Daniel went out because I told him and we got the ring alarm, came home, super easy to set up yourself. And we've been happy and secure ever since. We went on a vacation shortly after that. And it just you brought said such. That was that day that that happened? It was that day. That day. <laughs> Can you even believe it? Um, I can't. And just had total peace of mind when we when we were away from our home, knowing we can keep tabs on it from far away. I, I recommend it very highly. Super easy to set up yourself. And if you have other ring products, it works seamlessly with them, but you don't even need them. This holiday season, deck the halls, walls, doors, and windows with the best deals of the year on the award-winning ring alarm. Go to ring.com forward slash best friend to get a great deal on a ring alarm security kit today. That's ring.com forward slash best friend. Again, that's ring.com forward slash best friend. Okay. We have... Some questions from listeners. I mentioned I'm on Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Sign up for a year, get two months free. So that's 12 months for the price of 10. Episodes of the Friend Zones. Love where you can text me and I'll text you back. You can submit questions for the guests. Okay. Yeah. When we ask this and them in, they're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering. Okay, Megan Parkansky says, can you talk about the process of making Ada Twist? My friends Shannon and Katie worked with you on that project and they loved it. I was so jealous they worked with the Allie Ward. Shannon and Katie. Love them. Love them. What do they do? They were great. Um, They're producers on on the show. They uh, were shooting the live segments that come at the end of the show. So I got to work with them. I got to shoot with them for an episode, which is exciting. I think it's out maybe next season. Um, whoops. Um, yeah. Uh, Ada Twist came to me to ask if I could consult on it and help them find some cool scientists to profile and also like help with the the science themes of the show and the plots and uh, and just consult. Like if they're, you know, they have a storyline that involves a cold lizard you know, does that check out? What would the lizard actually do, you know, to when it's cold? Um, you know, so they're like, you know, maybe there's a shivering lizard in it and I have to be like, to be honest, lizards don't shiver because they're, mm. uh, they're ectotherms or whatever. So doing science fact checking and, and stuff like that. Um, and I will tell you that when I got the offer to come work on it, I had a call, uh, with the showrunner, Carrie, who's 
amazing. And everyone on the team's great. And um, the Obamas produce it. And I had a call where it's kind of like a job interview. And I was traveling for innovation and I had the worst migraine. And I checked into like a Hampton Inn with a terrible migraine traveling all day. And I was on the phone having this job interview and I had to put it on mute so that I could throw up in the bag that they give you to get ice from the ice machine. Oh, God. I like, I don't know if you've ever had a migraine. They make, have you ever, either of you ever had barfy migraines? I don't think I have. You'd know because you would be yeah. covered in vomit. It's not fun. No. There's something about migraines where it gets to like a level of pain where your body's like, I give up digesting anything. And so, um, but yeah, I, I get them like a couple times a year. But, um, and so I was so sick. And so I was, I would like ask her a question and then put it on mute and then throw up and then <laughs> try to just be like, was it like a, lo- would a- you ask a, a long question? Like, tell me everything oh, yeah. you bought yeah. at the grocery store last time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the state of animated media? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's in a Hampton Inn. The worst, just so, and, but I was trying in between bouts of that, I was just trying to be like, I'm, I'd be thrilled to consult. Sounds like a really, really interesting, uh, series for children. And so I still got the job, thank God, but, um, they were great. I didn't tell them till later. I was like, remember that phone call? I was thrown up. So um, it's animated, yes? mm -hmm, Yeah. And it's short, uh, it's short episodes. And then there's a, there's a little segment at the end also that has like live, Oh. Like one on ones with a cool scientist. A lot of them were had been onologies, but, but um, you I was like, said you talk to this person, this person. Yeah, that's so cool. You said that you shot with them, but then is that a spoiler? But I'm, I'm wondering how you shot with them if it's animated. Well, it is animated, but then there's live action. Oh, so you did the live stuff at the end. So I may have done how? live action, but yeah, maybe so that was one of the things know. I was consulting on. But I was consulting on that and doing ologies. And innovation is shooting two years, two seasons in one season. All of this was happening in spring. And then Jarrett and I were like, let's get married in like two months. Let's just get married. We'll get married on the 10th anniversary of our meeting because every July 10th, we would be in agony over it being our anniversary. But I'd go have a different boyfriend. We'd be broken up or we would leave like flowers or like a note or like sticks arranged in a heart at the place in the park where we first night we met on July 10th. For years, we were in like separately. Yeah, you'd go separately and do this. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd go up to the spot like the next day, and I'd see, oh, he left like a flower there. Where you, where you you know, the spot of the park that you christened with your bootay. We did. Where we Um, and Godjed, but yeah. So July tenth, we're like, let's just get married. So I was doing all of that while trying to have a wedding. Do you? You so would it be fair to say you were never really fully available to any other relationship because it was always him? Yes, <laughs> unequivocally. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, which sucks. I tried to be. Oh, I tried to be so available. I tried to be like I tried to wash that man out of my hair, but it was really hard not to compare. Mm-hmm. You know, like this big love that I had to someone who you know, didn't, I didn't have the same comfort with, or I didn't feel like I could fully be myself around, or they didn't like to kiss, or, you know, like I did yeah. some guys in between that I was like. Do you feel like you, you were sabotaging it for years? You mean the other relationships? No, no. I, I'm wondering, wh- earlier when you were talking about how you were pushing him away, because you kept deciding it's not, 
this isn't right. The yeah. the word sabotage popped into my head. I was just wondering if you were were if you were sabotaging it, like you know, preventing yourself from having what made you happy. That being said, I get that it was problem riddled. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it. I think honestly, it was mostly just problem riddled. I yeah. think it was really like we're not. We love being around each other, and when it's great, it's great. But we are so we're both so eggshelly around each mm-hmm. other. We're both so easily hurt that it was just like walking through like a little field of mouse traps that it was like, that was untenable. Like that's not yeah. healthy, you know? And so um, we had to like fix ourselves in order to be like, cool, you know? Right. So there was that, like, I think I was like, I don't, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, you know? And yeah. So, and, like, it wasn't a good, we just, that makes sense. but I mean, it, it's interesting too, because I never considered marriage, but, um, and there were so many times in that 10 years when I would have been like, no, I don't want to marry this guy. Like, super in love with him, love him to pieces. But I don't know if I could put my my chips, you know. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to – it feels like you have to, you know, feels like a big wager. And so I, I wasn't – I didn't trust it enough, you know what I mean? But by the time right. we, you know, kind of fixed a lot of stuff, I was like, okay, I, I, I trust this, you know. I know he's – I know he's a, a great partner and he's got my back and – that we're cool around each other and we communicate well and that he's in a space where this is what he wants and me too, you know? So, but it took a while for sure. Uh, career question. I do have more. I oh, am, yeah. I'm so I'm a, sorry. I'm no, so no, sorry. No, no, no. You don't have to apologize for anything ever, Allison Ward. That is your, I always that, worry that, that I come on and talk about too serious of stuff. Sometimes I'm like, ugh. Come on so here and I just talk about like heavy relationship stuff or mental health stuff or like virus stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Sometimes no. I feel like I you ev- load. You're delightful 100% of the time. A. B. You come on the Thursday show sometimes. In fact, I, you know, now that you're now that you've opened the door a crack, I'm okay. shoving my whole smushy body through. So I'm going to need to get you back on a Thursday show and hopefully a Patreon. So no, whether you're talking about heavy stuff or light stuff, you're delightful. Um, no, what I was going to say is I am a terrible host because I have more of these Patreon questions, but I just want to ask my own question first. Um, and then we're going to get back to the Patreon questions. Um, you have, you, you get, you are doing all this cool science correspondence stuff. And I'm wondering, did that come about? How, what's the relationship between that and ologies, which is this like beautiful fruition of something you had been wanting to do for a while, but we're like waiting till the right time. And then you, you did it. And then it's this humongous success. Has that brought about the other stuff or did it all kind of happen at the same time, et cetera? Oh, that's such a good question. And I'll put it in a nutshell, but all of my, I always loved science, always studied it, um, always loved it. I, my science career started actually, uh, when Jarrett and I had, had broken up for a while, 2013. I was really, really sad. My dad was really sick. Things were difficult. Um, Jarrett had had like a really, I was having like a, essentially like a, a mental breakdown. Um, and, so I started volunteering at the science museum and that's when I started getting some interest in, uh, in like science correspondence stuff. Cause I'd already done TV, but people were like, Oh shit, this girl likes bugs and stuff. And so then <laughs> I would get like some like, Tony, that's to- a drop. <laughs> oh, shit. Please. This girl likes bugs and stuff. <laughs> I was like, do I ever. And so that's, that kind of like opened up the door, but like we were talking before 
so much of opportunity is just connections. And like you can right. you can have a connection, but nobody wants to use it because maybe you're difficult to work with or whatever. Uh, or you can have a connection and people are like, yeah, come aboard. Like, I, you know, you're pretty good to be around or whatever. But if you don't have that connection, then it's they don't consider really, you. really hard. So um, you don't so yeah. all, you don't think Ologies has opened doors for you. Ologies definitely has. So the the museum opened up the door to Innovation Nation, which opened the door to some other things. But once I made Ologies, then that's when a lot of work started coming because people were like, oh, okay, I get what your voice is and I get mm-hmm. what you're trying to do. And I want something like that that I didn't know. You know, it's almost like I was just talking to Jared about this. It's like if you're just an actor, right, and you have to do all these auditions and there's one person, there's one role and they're going to see a bunch of people for it and the likelihood that they're going to pick you for that role is like one in a hundred, right? But if you go out and make your own stuff, then people are like, okay, I get what they can do. And then you have like a hundred people coming to you instead of you being like, "Eh, does anyone? And so it's like – it, like whether you're a musician or or an actor or whatever, like the more stuff you can make mm-hmm. on your own terms in your own voice and get it out whatever way you can, you totally. that is the best thing you can do for your career. Because if you keep trying to be like fight for these little openings, you're not getting all the people who are like, oh, I didn't even I didn't even know I wanted this kind of sandwich until I saw it on the menu. You know what I mean? Yes. So you kind of have to be out there being like, this is my sandwich. Anyone want one of these? You know, you got to sell you, you got to make and sell your sandwich. Oh, my God. That's that perfectly leads into this question from Becky Milner. Who prefers to do the cooking? She or mom Ward Jared? Is that what you call him? <laughs> well, they call me. I mean, I'm like your dad like ward dad ward. And then they call him pod mom. <laughs> <laughs> What's her best dish that she cooks? Oh, uh, um, Jared's a better cook than I am. When I met him, he was a butcher. He's been a right. cook at restaurants and stuff. He's better at it than I am. I will say I make a chicken soup that is so good and so easy. And it's like a chicken Vesuvio soup. And you can make it without chicken if you're vegan, probably. I don't know. Uh, but it's like uh, you brown some chicken, some onions. You put some stock in it. You put some potatoes, some peas, some a little bit of white wine, a couple of uh, – some lemon juice. And it's like tart and tangy and you kind of let it simmer for a while and it's so good. Maybe a couple carrots if you feel like it. But like the tang with the salt from the lemon and the and the white wine, so good. You know, I ne- like rarely if ever cook with wine, but when people do cook with wine, it smells so good and tastes so good. I really need That's to great. be pouring wine into all my food. And the alcohol burns off so it's not right. like you're having like a – it's not like a um, Kathy, not Kathy Griffin. I'm thinking of uh, Kathy and Hoda, how they're always drinking. Oh, yeah. Kathy Lee. Yeah. Kathy Lee. Yes. Gifford. It's not like a Kathy Lee Giffords kind of a soup where it's just like yeah. like a boozy mom soup, you know, like <laughs> boozy mom coffee soup. time, then wine. Right. Uh, you know, right. it's not one of those. Um, but yeah, it's delish. And it's my go-to for when I need to make a big pot of something and eat it all week. Thank you. Alyssa Van Dyke, what ology subject surprised her the most, as in which subject was super interesting when she thought it would be boring? Mine was trees. The dendrology episode made me swoon. Oh, I did an episode on planarian worms. Oh, flatworms, you guys. No. Who doesn't love a flatworm? (laughs) I don't. I don't. No, I I mean, I don't love a worm. I'm sure I would love the episode. Who would? But the episode 
what turned out so interesting because um, One Pagan was the was the guest and he's from Puerto Rico and he talked all about his background getting into science, but essentially they can give these worms drugs and see how they do getting off of hardcore drugs. And so they can do a lot of like neurological testing to see how this planarian worm reacts. Um, oh, in, so you're in, comparing yeah. drug addicted people yeah. to worms. Okay. No, no, they can, I just, know. they can, they can test, they can, they can use uh, test subjects to model things instead of, I know. Uh, in sparing, sparing some human yeah. anguish. But, um, he, but the, the guy loves worms. He loves worms. He loves them. And he's so contagious and I love him so much. I think of you often, Allie Ward, but especially this is meant to be a compliment. It's heading in the wrong direction. But like if I ever find a bug in my bathroom or something, mm. anything, icky, whenever I see anything icky, I think of Allie Ward. No, but really, no, but really, Allie, when I see the most disgusting vile thing, I think of oh, you. You're like, I was in a train station and there was this dirty toilet. And I thought of, you know what? Allie Ward. That's right. Someone hawked a loogie on a baby. And I thought, where's Allie Ward when you need her? <laughs> but really, when I see something natural that, gives me the willies. Yeah. I think Allie Ward would be interested. She would let this crawl on her hand. It would. Is I there would. anything that grosses you out? Now, I know... Cockroaches. Okay. And tomatoes. Tomatoes. Fuck a tomato. I don't need a tomato. Get out of here. I'll eat them stewed, but I don't want a raw tomato. Yeah. I don't need... I don't need a a tiny bomb of seedy mucus. I don't want that. <laughs> it feels... it absolutely feels like a violation every time it squishes in your mouth in a way that I'm like, this isn't, I did, I do not want this. And so no, no tomatoes, but cockroaches. I'm, if it's like a Madagascar hit, hissing cockroach and it doesn't have wings, I'm like, maybe. Mm. But in general, if there's a cockroach indoors where it's not supposed to be, I can't, my brain, I know I can see it and be like, pretend it's just a very uh, zaftig uh, praying mantis same kind of head and it, mm-hmm. I, it's so hard <laughs> why yeah. it's interesting though why why like why where do you think do you draw the line there because for me i don't want a praying mantis on me i don't want a spider no not goodbye all the insects i don't want any of them on me i can handle a butterfly but just barely or a ladybug i get it I think, and I've thought about this a lot, and I think this is a really good question. And I've talked about this with an urban rodentologist as well. And I think it's the speed at which a critter moves mm. that gives us a willies. And I think the, f- and spiders do this to people sometimes because it's like they have so many fucking legs. Yeah. Same with snakes. It's like they go so fast. How do they do it? And I think when something doesn't compute and you're like, that thing is faster than I can move, that's when your brain is like, get out. Get out and burn it behind you. But I, I, I understand that it's totally unreasonable because cockroaches are really fastidious and they groom themselves and they, I, kudos to them. They can survive in so many niches, but it's one of those things where I feel out of, and it, maybe my fear is I feel out of control. So cockroaches definitely have the upper hand. So if a cockroach was like, you wouldn't want to get into a bathtub of cockroaches. Uh, no. Would no. you be okay getting into a bathtub of worms? Yeah. Oh, those worms are poking. Get those worms going to hokey pokey out. As long as my butt wasn't squishing any and I didn't have any of my crack. That's you know, the I wear fear. underpants. Yeah, sure. 
Okay, I'm not like, a monster. If you're, sit- if you're sitting and there's worms in your crack, that's really different. Oh but if God. I can wear some sort of bottoms where like any You can orifice- wear a top too. This is not okay, a nude okay. That's worm fine. Situation. I don't care if a worm's on my nipples. I don't want any in a crevice where I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. But if I had a bathtub of earthworms and none of them were harmed in the making, I would not care. What about a bathtub of mice? They're very bitey. I think that they would maybe bite me. If if I if they all signed a contract that says, swear to God, I'm not going to bite on her, I'd be like, okay, let's do it. What about rats? Cattle party in the bathtub. Rats, again, the, as long as their lawyers promised that they weren't going to bite me. I have tried to figure out why do I have such an issue with rats and mice? Because I had a pet hamster. I had a pet rabbit. Like, And I know that people – I follow some rats on Instagram. <laughs> I know that people keep them as pets and I know that they can be cute. So why does the idea of them in my house scare me so much? Because they, they have control that you don't. They're yeah. living behind walls. You don't know what they're doing in there. And you can't be like, hey, can you kindly GTFO? Right. I think also there's a phobia of tails. I think, I think so. It's tails, similar to snakes. Are, similar to snakes. And I think it's kind of like, what's that butt finger doing? <laughs> What's you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. It's and it's sometimes it's prehensile. It feels like they, you know, can they use it for balance. And tails are naked on some of them. Mm-hmm. But I don't, how do you feel about opossums? I've never seen one in my house. Um, <laughs> there, I do think they're sh- they're crapping and something is leaving possum shaped poop in the yard. Mm. We did find a baby one in the yard somewhere. Um, <gasps> baby possums are real cute. It's it was pretty yeah. cute. Yeah, I'm not as afraid of them. I'm not as afraid Can of them do, because they're bigger. Yeah. Yeah, they're bigger and they're slower. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but question, are they – is it pooping in the same place or all over the place? It's a real scattershot all okay. over the place. Okay, that's good. That's good because uh, raccoons have a designated area called uh, a latrine. Oh. And if you have a raccoon latrine in your yard, unfortunately, raccoons carry roundworms, which can infect your brain and kill you. So if you oh, have God. a raccoon latrine, put up a wildlife camera, uh-huh. a night of night vision camera, see who's pooping out there. And if it is a raccoon, you got to move that latrine. You got to pour some boiling water on it. How do you know, know, know this? How do you know if it's a raccoon latrine? You put up a camera and then you oh, see oh, a raccoon you taking <laughs> fat dumps in your literally backyard like I did. Just, you literally just <laughs> told me. We had to evict a family of raccoons from a mama and her babies from under our house. Yeah. I mean, um, they do carry roundworms. This was a while sucks. ago. Yeah. So I think we're free of the roundworm. But yeah, they um, sprinkled some kind of male raccoon pheromone everywhere and then she smells that and she's like, uh-oh, my, my babies and I are in danger. And then she leaves. But it smells so bad. Oh, no. It's a, it's a pretty bad smell. Yeah. It's like the Axe body spray. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Raccoons. Can I tell you, I Daniel is always like, you like the smell of douchebags because I, I really love the smell of Axe body spray and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's gro- I went to I went to high school in Orange County, California. Okay. I mm. can't help it. I mean, if you smell Drecker Noir, what happens to your brain? Sense memories coming back? Oh, it just like, I'm just hot to trot. I just love it. Do you like it too? Yeah. If I smell Drecker Noir, I'm like, oh, wow. I'm, I'm suddenly I'm 16 and horny again. Yeah. What happened? I mean, not I'm 16 (laughs) again and horny. Right. Not like, what is this horniness I haven't experienced in a while? I'm just saying I'm again 
once again, I am a teenager. Right. Because, yeah, the, the Dracar Noir was, was it, dude. Yeah. Alyssa Van Dyke would also like to know, how is she doing taking time to herself? What part of self-care, which now seems like a cringy, cringy term, is the most <laughs> difficult for her? Oh, man. I that's that's such a nice question. I feel like people who listen to ologies know that I'm like, I'm always working and tired. Um, I am. And I, I, I have to say cutting off work at six to in order to work better during the day and have better boundaries has been really great. And I've been like, from like six to seven, I like read a book or something like the other day, it was like 615. It was the first day I tried it. And Jarrett walked by and I was just sitting on the couch staring like at a plant. And he was like, what you doing? I was like looking at a plant across the room. I was just sitting there. I'm not doing anything. It was that's so good. Nice. So I am trying to. Um, I I don't know. I it's really it's really hard to be like I don't know. What if I rest and I lose my edge? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, having finite. No, it's not work time. Is if you can, it's possible that you might get more done during the hours you work, which is yes. very annoying. Because it's so logical. I find a lot of times I think to myself when I'm on my deathbed looking back. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I don't think it goes that way. I don't think you I mean, maybe I'll actually have a deathbed and get to look back. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is that I'm thinking I have to do right now that's taking me away from, you know, my family or anything important or just myself, I will not be happy that I spent that time doing that. Like none of this, none of this matters. I know. I use the deathbed thing when I feel like I fucked up or embarrassed myself mm. or made a mistake. And I think like, is this going to come up on my deathbed regrets? And if it's like, no, it's probably fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. I have realized in the I, the last year, I've realized how much embarrassment and humiliation is such a huge Avoiding it is such a huge motivation to me. I don't know how I somehow missed that. Like I'm aware of the other things that motivate me and I'm aware of my other fears, but I think of myself as someone who's fairly immune to that because I disclose so much and oftentimes embarrassing stuff on my podcast, but but someone else embarrassing me, like it's like death to me. Mm. Most you know people, what's interesting? I, I was just talking about this last night. The interesting thing about embarrassment is if you're not embarrassed, no one's embarrassed for you. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, let's say your pants fall down and you're like, oh my God, everyone saw my cooter or whatever it is, or <laughs> everyone saw my underpants or whatever, how embarrassing. Then everyone's like, I feel a little bad for you too. Mm-hmm. And you're embarrassed. But if you're just like, yeah, what's up? It's out. Now, who can be embarrassed for you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like embarrassment is like a weird Schrodinger's cat where it's like, it does it exist? Does it not? It exists if you believe it exists. Right. I, you know what I mean? So if you're like, I'm not embarrassed, then you can't be embarrassed. And if you if you mess something up and you legit mess something up and you didn't see it, then you can just say, wow, didn't mean to do that. Super sorry. Going to correct it. Going to do better next time because it matters obviously. Or, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I talked about farting too much. I'm not embarrassed. So you can't be embarrassed for me. Yeah. It's funny. I think the times that I can think of where I'm like, all right, well now my skin's on fire with embarrassment and I want to die. It's like, it happens so fast that you're, cause you're totally right. But usually the, the embarrassee, doesn't have the presence of mind to catch it before that, before you're on fire. At least I don't. Right. 
oh yeah, I know. It's it's like takes a lot of programming because I'm easily embarrassed all the time. I was I was talking to someone about like what motivates the me on my to do list, like what mm-hmm. floats to the top of my to do list in a day, and I was like. Well, whatever people will be most mad at me for if I don't do. Like yeah. instead of like getting the ologies episode done, I'm like, uh, you know, I don't want to make this person mad because I didn't do this thing and like do some research for them that I'm not getting paid for or whatever. But I'm like, these seem like they could get mad at me. So I'm going to do that first. And then I'll put like my the big rocks that I've got to do like at the bottom of the list, and, which is like, you know, if that motivates you. It's like really, it can be really hard to have a compass when you're just like, what's going to make people less mad? Yeah. But I mean, anytime you're embarrassed, I guess just ask yourself, what if I'm not? Then no one can be embarrassed for you. I so love like, that. I you know? Ellie, it was speaking of you deciding that you don't that you only work till six. I have kept you here way past six. No, I got to I got to work late. I told myself nine to six. I didn't stroll into work until ten thirty today. And by oh, work, okay. I mean the room next to my bedroom. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Well, still on hours. I'm yes. gonna let you go, <clears throat> but f- as long as uh, because I saw people talking about it on Twitter, you got to show off your binder. Oh yes, binder chat. I have it in my lap. I have, I have it in my lap because I was legitimately – I had prepared some things in case you asked about the wedding if I had any advice. So oh. That's why I have this on my lap. Would you like to share some of the advice? Uh, my first piece of advice just says don't give a shit. That's um, good. Care less about details. Nobody cares. Nobody remembers it. <laughs> don't stress out. Um, also, get vaccinated. Um, yeah. That's a good idea. Have it outside if you can. Um. And also, um, uh, kombucha on tap is a great thing to do because <laughs> it's fun. then it looks like you're holding a cocktail, but really you're just getting some extra probiotics. And so um, most of the most of the evening, I think I had like a glass and a half of wine the entire day. And uh, that was helpful just to have like – because people are like, ah, dude. And you're like, I don't want to be – I don't want to be shit-faced at this very important day where right. all my relatives are at. So you're just like having like a glass of something – Anyway, that was my advice. Also, we did a we did a travel jar where we um, instead of gifts, if no one was obligated to give us anything, but if they wanted to tip in, just like uh, chip into a travel jar, whatever, ten bucks, fifty bucks, then we reallocated it to people who had to travel. Because going oh, that's so nice. That's yeah, that's such a good idea. Plane tickets and Airbnbs and stuff. That's such a good so, idea. Yeah. And we have mismatched silverware and a bunch of different plates, but I don't care. And I drink out of jam jars and we did not go to town to Crate and Barrel, but I was like, whatever. I'm a grown up. I can get that stuff. Oh, yeah. I, binder. I have to say, I feel like the era of someone having like their fine china that they got when they got married and all that stuff, like that's over, right? I'm sure people are going to are gonna write in and say, no, we have all that, but we don't. Um, you froze, but I think you were talking about like registries and stuff. Oh yeah. I was saying the era of people having their set of fine China that they got when they got married. That's over. Nobody has that. Nobody has that. People don't even have dining rooms anymore. It's all a great room. So whatever. That's right. (laughs) So yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that was one thing that was fun, but yeah, the binder people still ask about the binder and I still use it. Y'all it's just like a mini binder. I think Staples sells them. Uh, it's the pages are each a half a page. So I I went to whatever, like an office or a paper shop, and I got a ream of paper, and I was like, yo, can you slice this in half? I'm like, sure. And then uh, you can have them three-hole punch it, or I just 
three hole punch at home. And then I make little tabs. And so I write like, yeah, my to do's, I got a calendar, I got goals. If I'm on a call about a project, then I'll be like, okay, it's a podcast project. So I got on my podcast thing and I take notes for it. And then if it turns out that that whole call was bullshit, uh, rip it out and get rid of it, you know? So yeah, that's how I do it. I remember when this is very self-congratulatory for me to share this story, but I'm going to anyway because it uh, brings a smile to my face. When so I had been a guest on Summer Party, your pod, the podcast you had years ago, and then sometime after that, I reached out to you and I said, "Would you want to come on my podcast?" And you showed me a list of podcasts you wanted to go on, and I was at the top, and that was in yes. your binder. Yes, it was like. People whose podcasts I want to be on. Yeah. And I was like, I am so glad you asked. So I, yes, always. And I was very, I was like, I was so, so, I'm just so touched to know you. And you know what's funny? I always, there's always like a little tinge of embarrassment and shame that I have at the end of our episodes. Why? Because I go, I say, bye, bye. Thank you so much. So, so good for talking to you. And then I get off and I go, I've like barely asked her any questions. And but, I have this thing where I'm like, did I ask enough reciprocal questions or was I trying to wrap up a soundbite so that I didn't talk too long? And I'm so used to being the interviewer that when I'm on here, I'm like, oh, I didn't even ask any questions. Yeah. That's um, so you can have me on ologies on an episode of Allisonology and it'll be about both of us. But listen, just us. take that concern and throw it out the window. Okay. Because you're here to talk about you and we're friends. And I've never, ever, I've never once on my show been like, they didn't ask enough about me. No, if anything, I'm like, I wedged in too much about myself. No, I love it. I love it. It's, this is because on, on my podcast, I don't get super, I don't get, it's, it's about the ology. So I, I, you know, tell a secret at the end and, and I get a little bit personal, but it's, it's fun to come here and just let it all hang out. Get worms in my butt crack and tell all my secrets. Thank you so much for coming on. I really am going to hector you about coming on Thursday and doing another Patreon episode, please. Uh, Tell everyone where they can find you, plug all your things, etc. Ologies is my podcast. It's a different ology every week. And that's wherever you find podcasts. And then uh, Innovation Nation's on Saturday mornings. And yeah, Ada Twist is on Netflix. You know, AllieWard.com. Thank you. Um, you guys, if you like what you're hearing, please make sure you are subscribed. Click that five stars. Leave us a comment or review. It helps us out so much. Follow me on social media at Allison Rosen. Check out my other podcasts, Upworthy Weekly, my new lighthearted news podcast that comes out on Saturdays, and Childish Parenting-ish podcast that comes out on Wednesdays. Uh, and, oh, Tony, what did I forget? I mean, I already mentioned Patreon. It's like I forgot something. Patreon. <laughs> you have so many jobs. I don't even have a chalkboard because I, I don't need it. I don't need it. Tony, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton. And my podcast, Bizarre Albums, every Tuesday. And the Motion City Soundtrack Tour is almost here. Get those tickets if you live in the U.S. because we're coming near you. So check that out. Thank you so much. Allie, it was so wonderful to catch up with you. I am going to be sliding into your DMs just nonstop. Just get ready, get ready for an onslaught of me. Show me, text me some gross pictures. Okay. Anything. Anything. Um, <laughs> I don't have a picture of it, but there was a maggot infested dead rat in our attic. Oh! Would you have enjoyed? Now, would you, how would you feel about that? I would have liked to have seen that. Really? 
Yeah, I want to see how skeletonized it was. How decomposed was it? That doesn't like give you like a... I don't like it, it but I want to see it. In the words of the exterminator who took it away, it's pretty ripe. So uh, I bet it it was. So I'd say not very skeletonized. Mm, Ooh, okay. Fresh. I'd want to see it. I'd want to see it. Okay. Send it. Send it away. Next time you see something gross, just snippy snappy. Send it over. I (laughs) (laughs) Careful what you wish for, but I will. Um, You guys, thank you so much for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know? and Rosen Show. We had a good time.